welcome to the At Peace Teen Mentoring Podcast. My name is Pink Freud and I received my bachelor's in psychology from Caldwell University and now I'm a current student at Walden University pursuing my master's dual degree in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Here on this channel I discuss topics in psychology and relate them to events and people in pop culture. With this in mind, please remember I am not a licensed mental health professional, therefore anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be used as a scholarly source nor a tool for diagnosis. Alright, you ready? <laughs> Let's get started. New Year, everyone. And I'm going to be starting off this new year with talking about the psychology of love. Ah, yes, love. Love comes in many different forms, many different styles, and it stays for a little bit or it can stay forever. So the example I'm going to be using while talking about the psychology of love is the recent situation between Charlie D'Amelio and Chase Hudson, also known as Cha-Cha. This is their couple name. <laughs> so here's a little bit of a backstory about who Charlie and Chase are. So Charlie D'Amelio is a 17-year-old social media influencer. Um, she's famous for her TikTok dances, and, and she also has a sister named Dixie. And her and Dixie and the rest of their family have a TV show or a show where they pretty much do, mm, I don't want to uh, compare it to the Kardashians, but it's kind of just like a family that does things together. So you can say that they're kind of like the Kardashians without all the, the Kardashians, you know? And... Charlie D'Amelio is the ex-girlfriend of 19-year-old social media um, influencer and singer Chase Hudson. Chase Hudson is also seen as the recent face of e-boy fashion. Um, I really don't know how to explain e-boy fashion other than it's when men like to... Um, they, they wear the piercings, you know, usually it's like one stud earring on one side and then one dangly one. And then they usually paint their nails black. Like it's, it's, it's just like an alternative style. So here's the situation between Charlie and Chase, a.k.a. Cha-Cha. So Charlie and Chase started dating. And while they were dating, there were allegations that Chase cheated on Charlie with Nessa Barrett, who is a um, who is a, a punk rock singer, and you know he denied it, and he said it wasn't true, and you know they, he said you know he loves her, and this was just rumors, and that he wasn't cheating on her. But what made it more suspicious, and what fans kind of felt, was that they. It was a little suspicious because they broke up after the allegations came out. So, you know, people weren't sure whether Charlie and Chase just had a quiet breakup and they didn't want to expose each other or if they just broke up to break up. And after they broke up, you know, they maintained, you know, a good relationship as far as being friends. 
They presented themselves as friends and everything like that. And, and it seemed like everything was okay until recently, maybe like a week or two ago, or maybe before that, there were pictures of Charlie and Chase holding hands and, you know, kissing and, and just doing a very intimate photo shoot. And these pictures were quickly taken down, um, they said, by either Charlie's publicist or manager. Somebody on Charlie's team took it down. And so a lot of people have lost their minds in this situation. They have um, gotten excited, some fans. Some fans have gotten upset. So it's been a big situation ever since these pictures have come out and since been deleted. Um, if you want to check these pictures out for yourself, I'm sure they are still on the internet. But I do believe that everyone has a right to their privacy. So whether or not they're together, I think that we should wait for them to make a formal statement. Otherwise, we're just we're just running around and just going crazy. And we're driving ourselves nuts trying to figure out whether they date or not. So when you're in love, it can be a powerful thing. But a lot of people don't know that there's four types of ways to love. And Dr. Kurtley Parker Jones from the University of Utah labels these four types of love as eros, philia, storage, and agape. So let's go into the first one, eros. What is eros? So eros is the type of love that is seen as passionate. And it's seen as the type of love where your physical needs and intimacy are in uh, put to the front. And when we have philia, philia is a love from a friend. So if you have a best friend and you're just like, oh, you know, that's my best friend, you know, like I love them, you know, that's philia. Philia can also be the love that take that takes place after you've been dating someone for a long time. So pretty much after the honeymoon stage and after the googly eyes stop and and you know you guys have like your first argument and, and all that. Like after all of that and you still have that love, that's the philia love. The third kind of love is storage. Storage. Which is seen as the most natural form of love. This is um, a mother and her love for her newborn baby <laughs> or the father's love for his children even when they misbehave. This is love that is seen as unconditional. And the fourth, the fourth type of love is, is agape. Now, this type of love is mostly seen in religious settings such as churches, mosques, temples, things like that. This is when you have love for a higher power without benefit. So this is when you love your creator just for creating you or or you just you love the the ministry what whatever it is that you're engaged in as far as your spirituality that's the type of love that's in that category. And this is mostly popular in the Christian and Catholic faith. And it is um um what's that word? It's applicable to a lot of people who have love for their creators and they're in a monotheistic religion. So this means when there's only one spiritual being that you worship. Mono meaning one. So what is what is the brain on passionate love? Because that's what we're gonna focus on, the arrows, the passionate love today. 
Harvard Medical School discussed a study done by Helen Fishers, where Helen took 2,500 college students and scanned their brains while, you know, while the brains were functioning, um, which is called an fMRI. And they took brain scans of students while they were looking at someone that they loved. And the results showed that the active parts of the brain were high in dopamine. Now, for those of you who don't know what dopamine is, dopamine is the feel-good neurotransmitter, a.k.a feel-good hormone, I mean, chemical. This is the same chemical that is released when you're eating your favorite snack or you're watching, like, your favorite movie or when you have, like, your favorite blanket on. And it's just it's just a, a, uh, the chemical that makes you just feel good, like life is good. And um, this is why a lot of songs, when you listen to a lot of, especially rap songs in the 90s and early 2000s, they use the word dope as another word for illegal drugs because it comes from the word dopamine because they're trying to elude the fact that these drugs make you feel good. That's for another episode. But when it comes down to teens in love, it's very similar to adults, but it can be different due to the developmental stages that the teens are in. And so for this episode, when I say teens, I'm going to be talking about ages 13 to 17. Now, this can extend to 19. You know, Chase Hudson, he's 19. And so in my eyes, he's considered a teenager. But we're going to be talking about 13 to 17. And so according to the to a UK publication called The Psychologist, 80 percent of teens in grades 7 to 12 have been in romantic relationships. And most adolescent relationships can be seen as as seen as a way to conform in a way to peer pressure. You know, there's people, when I was a teenager, there were a lot of people who would say to me like, oh, you don't have a boyfriend yet? Oh my gosh, like you're not popular unless you have a boyfriend or you're not seen as cool unless you have a girlfriend or unless you have this or unless you're uh, booed up with someone. And I feel like that's kind of lame because not everybody wants to be with somebody and it you may not be in a position where you can actually handle being with someone which I will discuss later in my tips and tricks on how to avoid heartbreak but when you have teens in love those feelings of attraction and 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 things like that are they're, they're a little bit difficult to handle because you have the body and the brain that are pretty much growing at different rates You know, for example, the part of the brain that is in charge of decision making and judgment, which is the prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain doesn't even develop until you're 25. So that means for the first 25 years of your life, you're going to be making decisions with an un with a partially formed brain. (laughs) I mean, when you want if you want to look at it that way. But it doesn't take away from the fact that your feelings are very real as a teenager and even preteens. But you have other hormones such as testosterone in men and estrogen in women 
which causes those new interests in sexuality. So then you have, so your brain is developing, but then your body's like, oh, I have all these hormones, you know? So it seems like your body's in like one big argument until the age of 25. But like I said, it does not mean that the feelings of love in a teen is not real. It's very much real. And actually Eric Erickson, who was a lifespan developmental theorist, he concluded that teenage crushes and romance can actually help form a person's identity, which makes sense because this is the stage or, you know, being with someone and being in a romantic relationship. And when you have a crush and stuff like that, this is the time where you actually are learning who and what you like. And a perfect example would be the chase and the allegations between that involved Chase Hudson and Nessa Barrett. Now, I do not know. I don't have any inside scoop as to whether or not he did cheat on Charlie with Nessa, but I can say looking at his style and looking at the type of person that Nessa Barrett is, it wouldn't be far off to it wouldn't be surprising if he did admit it and say, hey, well, yeah, you know, Nessa and I did mess with each other. Because, like I said, Chase is the face of e-boy fashion right now. And he paints his nails black. He wears, he has piercings and, and you know, he has that alternative lifestyle. And then you have Nessa Barrett, who is a punk singer, who has made it clear that she wants her music to be associated with dark vibes and in and, and a dark type of punk rockish kind of uh, genre. So when you have two people that are pretty much similar in style, it wouldn't be far off if they did come together. But again, I am not saying that Chase Hudson did cheat on Charlie with Nessa Barrett. If if they did, that is up to him or up to Nessa to decide whether they want to confirm or deny it, you know. And, you know, the sad part is that, you know, a lot of people were hurt to see that Chase and Charlie were no longer together. And even if the Nessa Barrett allegation is not true, there are other things such as personal goals, maturity, and unavoidable life changes that can that could have contributed to the ending of Charlie and Chase's relationship. And even when it goes into adulthood, there are there are situations where a relationship just won't work because two people are have different things that they need to take care of. So I'm going to be ending this episode by giving all of you teens out there some tips and tricks as to how to have a healthy relationship and to prevent heartbreak. Because heartbreak is very real and you can't avoid it 100% of the time. But if you have certain things to remember before you even go into that relationship, it might help the heartbreak be less heartbreaky. <laughs> so tip number one. Decide whether or not a relationship will interfere with your personal goals. You have people in school right now, especially in high school, who have goals to be college ball players or lawyers or doctors or even entrepreneurs. 
And sometimes that can get in the way of having personal relationships, whether it's romantic relationships like we're talking about now or even just casual ones. But it's up to you to decide where you're going in life and if another person can fit into your life romantically at this point. The second tip is to maintain close relationships with friends and family and talk to them. I can't tell you how many times there were situations where I would talk to my friends or I would talk to my family about the relationship that I'm in and they'll be like, wait, you, mm, that's a red flag right there, what you just said. But can you, can you tell a story again? It doesn't sound right. And the, the whole purpose is not to antagonize your partner. And like you shouldn't have friends or family that just want to antagonize your partner, but you should have people around you that will tell you the truth and let you know whether something in your relationship is a red flag. Because sometimes, you know, especially being a teenager and going back to the brain development, it takes a while for us to realize that something is not good for us or if we need to bring something up in a conversation. And a lot of times, a lot of us are scared to bring up these red flags because we don't want the relationship to end. We don't want to have to talk about the tough questions because we like, you know, not, you know, messing up the water, not making any ripples in the water because sometimes that's better. At least that's what we think, but it's not. Because if you're in a situation where you are in, you know, in a situation where there's a bunch of red flags, you got to make sure that they're taken care of. Whether you need to exit the situation or you need to just bring them up and solve them together. And most of the times when you bring it up, it may be a little bit awkward, but it makes you stronger for it. And it actually brings the two people closer. So, yeah, maintain close relationship with friends and family and talk to them because they can actually help you. And so the third tip is to make sure both people are going in the same direction. If person A says, oh, I want to date this person for the summer, you know, because it's lonely out here and I just want someone to just talk to and just, you know, or I want somebody for the winter or I want somebody just around Valentine's Day. Well, you got to make that clear because person B might be looking at the situation as more long-term, as more of a forever type of thing. And if two people are not on the same page, it's gonna make for a very destructive, very heartbreaking situation that you, you don't even wanna get into. It's just, it's better to not involve yourself in that. And number four, don't use intimacy to get someone's love. Don't take the easy way. Because think about it like this. If you're a freshman in high school and you walk into the you walk into your first day of high school, pretend this is your first day of high school. You walk in and the principal says, "Oh, so and so, write your name on the board." Okay. I'm going to write Pink Freud on the board. Pink Freud. Okay? So imagine somebody did that. And then they just said, congratulations, Pink Freud, you got your high school diploma. You would, I, I would say to myself, mm, that was easy. All I had to do was just write my name. It wasn't really much effort. I can go do this at any other high school. Think about it like that. And then number five, make sure both people have something to offer besides 
matching um, wallpapers, beside matching outfits, and besides having couple names, there's more to a relationship. You gotta make sure that both people have their needs met emotionally. Like for example, women need to feel that they're in a situation with whoever their romantic partner is. They need to feel that they are protected. They need to feel that they are being provided for. And men, they like to, most of them understand that they want to feel like the hero. They want to feel like they can offer you something, but they also want to feel that that person, whoever their partner is, can also take care of them emotionally too because we can't just say that girls are the only ones with feelings so if you're a girl and you know that your boyfriend whether he's a teenager or not if he's coming from football practice and he's hungry and you don't have no snack to make him well how is he gonna see you as a person that's necessary in his life he's just gonna go find someone that can provide those needs and for a woman if you're dating a guy in this situation and he's not making you feel protected you're gonna go find that protection elsewhere so it's best if both people have something to offer and have the means to conduct a mature relationship otherwise it's just gonna be two useless people being put together taking instagram photos and how long is that gonna last hmm? so i just want to conclude this episode by saying teenage love is very real but factors like i said such as mental development, peer pressure, and personal goals can play into the ending of a relationship. But it does not mean that this is a forever thing. It just means that two people, the two people need to just go find a better situation for them. And if Charlie and Chase, AKA Cha Cha, if they're back together, it's best for us to just respect their privacy and to leave them alone but i'm i'm sure that they will eventually clear things up so much for listening to today's episode don't forget to share this episode with those around you donations are always appreciated so if you'd like to contribute that information can be found in the description box below as well as any sources mentioned today as mentioned earlier, I'm not a licensed mental health professional. I graduated from Caldwell University with a bachelor's in psychology, and I'm now a current student at Walden University pursuing my master's dual degree in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Anything discussed in this episode is opinion-based and shouldn't be used as a scholarly source nor a tool for diagnosis. Can't wait to join y'all here again at the Ad Peace Teen Mentoring Podcast. This is Ping Freud signing out, and remember... A healthy mind is a happy mind.